0: Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Stakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. The oh, he's with a 45. He's with a 50. Oh, no, he's not. No, he's not going to plant it in midfield of the O, is he? Wow. Yes, he is. Rattler again, to throw. Steps up in the pocket. Throws on the right. Oh, Drake's still. Alright guys, welcome to the Oklahoma Breakdown Podcast. Brought to you guys by SB Nation's Crimson and Cream Machine. I'm your host tonight, Kami Amarabian. Oh man, we got a few things to talk about, right guys? I mean, you have got stuff from this evening. Um, and just a couple of other things regarding the NIL. I'll be fairly short. Before the Baker Podcast, probably on Thursday or Friday with Jack and Steven. But anyways, a topic of the day, right? Mikey Henderson... Dismissed from the team um, the same day that, you know, you heard information about like he got, you know, tried or he's being arrested on a felony of the conspiracy and that stuff with Trajan Bridges and um, Seth McGowan. Originally, I mean, of course, we didn't talk about this because that I don't want to report something that has not been reported. I don't want to talk about anything that hasn't been reported. That's not official. But now seems like a pretty decent opportunity to say that there were rumors that when Seth McGowan and Trajan Bridges got caught that same night with the whole pistol whipping and the drug bust, or not the drug bust, but the pistol whipping of a drug dealer, they beat up a drug dealer. And the rumor was that Mikey Henderson was somehow involved. But... That never came to light because suddenly it was just Trajan Bridges and it was just Seth McAllen involved. So I think I think that's very interesting. But anyways, yet Mikey Anderson dismissed the coaches knew it. Mikey Anderson was getting in. He was he had been investigated for several weeks after this this whole ordeal. Okay. And the coaching staff knew that. And I don't remember seeing Mike Henderson practice at all. Um, I, I don't know if he practiced, but I don't remember him, I remember seeing him practice. And, you know, he uh, the coaches obviously knew of it. And as soon as it came down, oh, yep, that's what's going to happen today. The coaches immediately said, he's off the team. And, I mean, I, of course, like, that makes sense. You have to kick him off the team. You did for Trajan Bridges. You did for uh, yet for seven McGowan, it would only make sense. And I think that Mike Anderson has known this for a while. Now, some people might be worried about running back depth. I remember I, I got, uh, I got into a conversation with somebody on Twitter. It might've been one oh what's his name? Boomer or something. Boomer Beamer. Uh, the dude that tweets out that Kansas beat Texas in football every year. Or, uh, yeah, he says that a lot. It's fun. It's fantastic. Um, he said that this is the most glaring hole on the team was the running back depth, and I thought, well, I think the most glaring thing should be the offensive line because he hasn't gelled yet. Yet, yeah, yeah, regardless, and this is I'm not worried about running back depth. Mike Anderson, they wanted to make him a, they wanted to make him a running back, but I always figured he'd end up as in more of that halfback, halfback, H back, fullback role. Uh, he 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 kind of did that his first season, right? Um, he did a little bit of both, and it was kind of odd. He didn't run the the balls or running back, and so think of your running back depth in the bowl game or the previous season, right? Like think of like Texas Tech night or whenever one of the later games were. Your running back depth at one point was Ramondre Stevenson, Seth McGowan, T.J. Pledger, Marcus Major, and then some counted Henderson as a running back toward the end of the year when they said they were going to make him a running back. Um, Now your running back depth is Eric Gray, an experienced uh, running back from Tennessee. Kennedy Brooks, who you're getting back, who everybody knows has had and has had several thousand-yard seasons. You're getting Marcus Major back, and you also have Trey Bradford, the transfer from LSU. Of course... I mean, I think four running backs is pretty good, and then they have some walk-ons like Jalen Knowles, I think. Um, But, yeah, man, I'm not worried about running back depth at all. I don't think anybody should be. I think the running back room itself is already better this year than it ever was at any point last year, okay? And like I said, Mikey Henderson, to me, more of an H-back, more of kind of a fullback role, and... You know, he's not going to get playing time over Jeremiah Hall. And just is Jeremiah Hall's last year, the senior. And toward the end of the last year, you saw a lot more Braden Willis than you did Mikey Henderson as well. And so, by no means is this a massive blow to Oklahoma's, you know, title chances this year. I mean, Seth McGowan, that guy, it was, it was also not not a very big blow to Oklahoma's chances this year because the running back room is better now. And of course, think about it like this, guys. I mean, Lincoln Riley saw the writing on the wall. So not in addition to Eric Gray, regarding these guys, um, saw the writing on the wall that they went and had to go portal two other running backs, right? Um so uh, in or not just Eric Gray, but poor one of the running back and Trey Bradford. I think it's interesting. Um, Braden Willis got a lot of playing time at the end of last season uh, when he was fully healthy, and so it doesn't mean, like I said, it doesn't mean it's a blow to the national title because Seth McGowan is gone like the the guy that probably was most important out of those three was Trajan Bridges. Okay, uh, but I, I think Oklahoma has plenty of wide receiver and. Tight and tight end talent, but pretty much offensive talent across the board, regardless. Um he was a luxury though, I will say that I was very excited for Mikey Henderson and his future at OU. I thought he could have been like Josh Norman, um yeah, that H back kind of role in the early two thousands. That former running back, just overall athlete, good hands, can play him as kind of a tight end flanker. Uh, he can be an all-around kind of guy, really special, and um, he was that. Of course, like you saw him, he he could be, he could really play, but he uh, unfortunately, you know, him with Trajan and Seth McGowan are now getting charged on, on on counts of felonies, and it's no bueno. So I hope they get to a point that they can turn that around for themselves. Another thing I want to talk about is. Trusting Alex Grinch's evaluations. Of course, on the national scene, you'll see some guys and some hosts of shows and, of course, all the other typical Big 12 banter between Texas, Iowa State, and, you know, the bigger guys like Alabama and so-and-so. But mostly Texas because, basically, they're idiots, right? They just don't understand how... I mean, they understand how recruiting goes. They actually often win recruiting battles against OU, not between ex- exact players, but um, just for the national recruiting rankings every year. Okay, they usually win because they're Texas. They have a lot of talent. They can do a lot of things with their talent in state, and but Oklahoma typically has always won. Especially since 2000, Oklahoma has a very positive record against Texas. And Texas has had I recruited Oklahoma several times in this 21-year span. But OU owns the series since then, like pretty handily, pretty handily. And it's because Oklahoma, not only do they have better systems and better coaches, they also have a better development of talent especially when you're putting that talent in those schemes. And so here's the deal. Oklahoma has signed, over okay, the, the last weekend, people were saying, oh, Oklahoma's excited over some three stars. For Alex Grinch, I, stars don't matter. For Alex Grinch, some of these guys like are closer to two stars than they are to four stars, okay? And here's where it is. And is. Let's look at three of Alex Grinch's defensive backs that might play cornerback, so one might play linebacker, who knows? Because they're so big. Robert Spears Jennings at a broken era high school. He's six foot two, 195 pounds. It's a massive defensive back. Xavion Bryce, Seguin High School out of Arlington, that DFW area where he's actually making a name for himself at at, at defensive back. 6'2, 175. Uh, the kid from, from Union, Jaden Rowe. 6'3", 2'10". He could actually end up being an outside linebacker if he just put on 20 pounds. It would be fine. He's huge. Um, But the thing is, he's, all these dudes are three-star players. Now, I bet you... I'd be, I'd be confidently willing to say one of them will be a four-star player by the end of next year. And I will err on... airing on the side of being fun, not necessarily caution. I would say you could probably... Quite honestly, have two of these guys as four stars. And these guys are going to get several more offers now that they've seen Grinch make those evals. And for me, I think people that are like, I've seen Oklahoma folks just like saying, oh, they're three-star guys. They're like, you know, they're, they're not even the best, you know, ones in their state and yada yada. Here's the deal. They play both ways. Zavion Bryce and and Robert Spears Jennings are receivers first. But, Grinch is recruiting a body style, a body type. Grinch has a type he wants to see is you're long, you're rangy, athletic, you can carry a good frame. I mean, like, 6'2", 195 in high school. 6'3", 210. Um, But not only that, he... Wants you to play aggressively. Um, In all these guys, I mean, they fit that narrative. They want you to be long, athletic, uh, have a feel for the game. And these guys, I mean, I don't see how somebody can't trust Grinch with his defense, with what they've seen over the last two years. That's what I don't get. You've also seen him take Mike Stoops' defense that was just awful toward the end at OU is not good. I uh, saw him take those same players with the new staff. It didn't all fall on Mike's shoulders. The I, I think we can admit that maybe uh, Bob Diaco wasn't great, that Tim Kish maybe wasn't that. Great, that. Um, oh, what's his name? I am forgetting his name. He went. He was from Notre Dame. And then he went to Texas at Kerry Cooks. Maybe Kerry Cooks also wasn't that great because he comes in with a new staff. With Cat, Calvin Thibodeau staying on staff, you get you get Jamar Kane who's just been absolutely crazy on the recruiting trail, and Derek Moore, four star guy. Um, You get a Brian Odom and a Roy Manning, and you've seen those coaches take those same exact players that Mike had and turn the defense as a whole into not a laughingstock. That first year, they were pretty okay. They were average. People started to scheme Kenneth Murray out of the game plan, so it made the defense less effective, but still nonetheless a good, solid, okay defense. You saw Alex Grinch in his second year where I thought they might take a step back but then improve vastly at the end of the year. It ended up being like a top 35 defense, I believe. A defense that you could rely on actually. And a defense that Lincoln Riley did rely on several times last year actually. How can you not trust him with evaluations? He's taken players that don't fit his scheme he's taking players that aren't his of course they weren't they were his as soon as they inherited them and made the defense instantly instantly better and then they get better and then this next year should be like the year this defense if they stay healthy oh my gosh i will terrorize not just the big 12 but other teams nationally I think it's time people need to trust Alex Grinch because, I mean, why wouldn't you? I guess maybe this is your year to see, really, if the defense is legit. Year three, let's make sure the last year wasn't a fluke, especially without Ronnie Perkins. I could see it because the expectations are so high. Can they deliver? Uh, I can see that, but just give me trust. Anyways, going to go to a break for our sponsors, people that pay the bills. We'll be right back. just go to com. It's magical. All right, this last bit um, is about the NIL and kind of with conference realignment. So briefly, I think I, I've mentioned this on the podcast before with Steven. I do think the NIL is going to lead into more discrepancies in talent between schools like OU and OSU, between schools like Alabama and Auburn, et cetera. Those higher tier teams and the middle to middle tier teams, I think it's going to push these middle tier teams down a little bit, a little bit. Not like ex, a massive quantity, but I, I still think you'll see player movement because I I do believe that people and students that are in high school as seniors, we will, will be more willing to take a shot at big money and brand. At a larger, more prestigious school because of brand, rather than maybe that same money at a smaller school because their brand can't can't grow as much. Like think about, I mean, it, it's it, I know we're comparing this close to the date that he uh, spurned OKC for Golden State, but Kevin Durant. Um, he the people in his ears were saying like, "Hey, yo, like you're not gonna win a title with Oklahoma City, even though like they clearly could have won a title with Oklahoma City several times." And you could also get a lot more money in the bay by branding yourself. It was all a brand as well, and people are gonna get like look at Oklahoma State. Yeah, sure, we can get you money up here at Oklahoma State. Yeah, Canes would love to have you, just like Spencer Rattler had, right? Um, but you're not going to get as many other maybe national brands because you're at an OSU. You're not at an Oklahoma. You're not at an Alabama. You're not at a at a UT Austin. You're not at a USC. My God, that, that I think I think USC is really going to gain a lot of traction um, with NIL stuff for sure. Um, and other schools like that. Um, But Miami, maybe, you know, these big popular famous cities and or these big popular brands wherever you go. Everybody recognizes Miami's logo. Everybody recognizes Alabama, et cetera. Um, So. I think we'll see some of those fringe kids lean more toward better programs like so, for example. In the future. Because of NIL and because of. Other thing, I like, those fringe kids that will do just enough to make your team and be a guy in your team instead of going and possibly being, like, a second stringer on, like, another, another team. I think, like, a Nick Basquin, right? I think the Nick Basquins of the world that, or the Drake Stoops, despite, you know, like, you know, just keep in mind, like, how his talent, not just where his dad is, but the Drake Stoop talented folks of the world, will go and be at an OU. Nick Basquin and Drake Stoops will be at an OU instead of going and being a player that gets more catches at OSU strictly because they could brand themselves much more. I mean, you can look at him. Look at Baker. He was a two- to three-star player at at a college, and, and and. He he got offers from Rice, uh, North Texas, I think. And I can't remember today of the schools. He walks on a tech. And then, like, he goes, oh, he's Baker Mayfield. He's a new quarterback. That's fantastic. And then he goes to OU, starts to earn the trust of, you know, the team after that, that, the redshirt year he had to take. And he took the reins over. And after that first year, everybody knew what he was about. And you're like, oh, my God, this is awesome. How much money he could have benefited at OU. Kyler Murray, just from the get-go, how much he could have benefited at OU in comparison to AM. Spencer Rattler, look at him. I mean, it's interesting to think about. Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes, people thought, okay, this is, and I know some people think this is a hot take. I don't think it's a hot take at all. I think it's pretty fair. When Baker Mayfield and Patrick Mahomes were in the same conference, Patrick Mahomes was the better quarterback in the Big 12. Patrick Mahomes is still the better quarterback in the NFL. Okay, Now, Baker's also really, really good, but I like Patrick Mahomes more uh, as a quarterback. People all thought Baker Mayfield was the best quarterback in that draft. The analysts did because they did not watch Texas Tech football. Pat Mahomes is clearly amazing. It's not just because he had to spread offense. That arm talent was unbelievable. And I'm pretty sure he's ambidextrous, which is cool as crap. Those players are going to be more likely to go to the bigger schools now that can brand them. In Texas Tech, they tried hard as hell to get Pat Mahomes branded. But it's Lubbock, bro. It'd be Stillwater, and I—I I, I was thinking about this earlier. I wonder how conference realignment and the new playoff format could have really screwed this over for a lot of teams, specifically maybe in the in the South, especially in Texas, in Louisiana. So, for example, remember a while back when. The Big 12 was seeking out to actually become 12 teams instead of the 10 they still have because they're a failure of a conference leadership. But Houston was a name that was brought up. Memphis was a name that was brought up. UCF in Orlando was brought up. BYU's just a great brand. They are a very good brand. Um. Who am I missing? Cincinnati was brought up. Could you guys imagine with name, image, likeness? Oh, Colorado State was brought up. Um, I remember shortly SMU being brought up. That would have been fun too, have a school in Dallas. But I remember thinking about all of that. Name, image, likeness. Let's say the Big 12 decided to add like Maybe not SMU, but they let's say they added Houston and UCF and Orlando and something else. I, I don't know. Let's let's, let's, say, let's say as SMU just because for fun. You've got Houston, Dallas, and then you have Orlando with UCF. Houston in the Big Twelve would just. Only strictly recruit Houston, and they would lock that crap down, saying that they're a Power Five conference. They could take it to the next level. And do you realize how many, how much money is in Houston? Say the same for Dallas, uh, DFW, TCU could could really benefit if they the TCU could so capitalize. And I hope they do because I hate Texas. I'd rather play TCU at the end of the year. Um, but schools like that are going to kill it in the money game for the name, image, likeness stuff just because of the sheer amount of businesses and the sheer amount of opportunity and cash those places have. And there are plenty, plenty of donors that can crowdfund and crowdsource a lot of money in those programs and make it like the Wild Wild West in the old Big 8 in the Southwest Conference again. Oh my gosh, it's going to be crazy the amount of money there. And then combine that with the playoff format, combine that with the playoff format, and suddenly you see schools like Houston getting in. Let's say there are 12. Let's say there's going to be 12. Schools like Houston to get into the playoff and to say, hey, listen, we could do this every year just by recruiting Houston and Southeast Louisiana athletes. They could become like a legit issue, and then recruit across Texas. I was just thinking about that. Of course, the mind trick—it's a—it's a a mind trip. You know, it's not like something that's actually going to happen. But I'm curious if USC, if their staff is like really taking it to the next level, how much they could really capitalize off an image, likeness, and brand over other schools like Oklahoma, because. I mean, USC is USC, and Oklahoma has been far better playing the game, but USC is Hollywood. USC is Los Angeles. I mean, hell, can you imagine how much Matt Leiner and Reggie Bush would have banked off of a name-image likeness? Holy crap, just by being in Los Angeles alone, not even the national brands? Unreal and unbelievable, man. But anyways me Jack and Steven are probably going to podcast again um, on Thursday maybe Friday depends on what what schedules like but hey follow us on crimsonandcreammachine.com um, yeah I just had to wrap this thing up uh, you can find us on Twitter at ccmachine at jlarryshields me at and CCM. you can find it uh, Steven at opsb if you guys like what you hear for the first time, me just kind of like rambling on about the NIL and, and trusting Alex Grinch, cool. Uh, i really appreciate if you guys would give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Um, you can hang out with us on Discord. Uh, actually, we'll put the Discord link into the 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 Apple uh, description of the pot uh, the Spotify description, etc. So that link will be there for ten days. If you want to join that way, that's cool. Um, thanks for listening, guys, and I'll see you guys next time.